notes. Oh, <laughs> no, it's so bad. It's so <laughs> bad. Never bad. Never bad. <laughs> Welcome back. Chill Mini 59. <laughs> Chill Mini 69 is 10 episodes away? You're 10 episodes away. Oh, 10 episodes gotta, away from Chill Mini You got to prep 69. for that. Got to turn the heat. Yeah. It's going to take me at least 10 weeks to get ready. Sex mysteries only. That's it. Sex news articles in the weird boom, world. Boom, boom, boom. You got it. I don't know what you guys got for this week, but uh, boop, 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 boop on Bigfoot Watch. I've got ourselves a new article. Bigfoot Yet another? May be photographed in Iowa? Question mark. July 29th, 2021. While for a walk in the wilderness, an Iowa man snapped a photograph of a curious anomaly that has given him second thoughts when it comes to the question of whether or not Bigfoot exists. According to local media, the intriguing image was captured by a name, a man by the name of Jeremy, as he and his sister were visiting the Whitewater Canyon wildlife area in the community of Bernard. Jeremy so, saw Bigfoot. Right? Jeremy saw Bigfoot. <laughs> right, right, yes, right, he did. Right, old uh, people, right? Is that something? Is that a reference? I'm sorry. It is. It very Dang. much is. I'm sorry. I did not Shout get out it. to all the old <laughs> folks out there who get it. Shout out to all those people who aren't sure exactly if they're Gen X or Gen Y. Yeah. I'm dropping the link to his photographs for you boys. In okay, but Zoom. okay. I know you're going to share these. Before I look at them, can I ask you a question first, Mathis? Y- y- yes, sir. You may. Do you think these are compelling before I look at them? It's definitely something. Okay. But I don't know if I'd call it Bigfoot. <laughs> okay. But what? it is not. Oh, you know what? It's about as good as anything, I would say. <laughs> it's literally been about as good as anything we've seen. It's a little, it, it looks like maybe he's got a little, like, hairless ween area? situation. Maybe his hands are in, like, the waist. Oh, yeah, like, I, don't, I can't, it's really difficult to tell. They're near water. It definitely looked like it's standing on two legs, whatever this thing is. Well, uh, well like Mathis, well, Mathis. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I have a, I have a close-up photo. Oh God! I have an even I'm better close-up photo that I think you should look at. Oh no! What is this oh. going to be? Oh no! What is this? <laughs> I agree. That's him. <laughs> that's just that me is- in the summer. That's just me <laughs> in Big Bear Lake. Yeah, it is a picture of Sasquatch riding a jet ski on a lake. Yeah, it is clearly. Amazing. Finally, a picture that's not wobbly. You know yeah, what I mean? It's not blurry. It's actually it's shot very well. Oh my God! And he's, uh, and he's literally carving it up. Let's let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Bigfoot is carving it up he is shredding that lake up yeah as bigfoot would do jeremy's final quote was you don't have to believe me i wouldn't believe me but now that i've seen now that i've seen whatever that was firsthand i think i may be a bigfoot believer now it's what is going on just a shadow figure it's literally just like a person far away and it's dark be, that looks like a furry person okay i'll give you it looks why like is the bigfoot, that why is bigfoot uh in the water right now what's going on with that why is there Maybe like he's a thirsty. bigfoot he's just getting a drink Maybe i just it's mean like why is there like bigfoot fever right now like bigfoot's popping up a lot oh, i've been i mean i'm gonna i have mind. an answer i have an answer that i'd wager just like uh during every time where ufos appear or anytime that there's anything stressful in the yeah, environment real. people see things like Whenever there's stressors, people see stuff like this and report it more. And I think because of COVID and, you know, lockdowns and all, people are, are taking the time now to go out into the woods more and get away from people. And so people are not used to the woods, go out in the woods, they see a dark figure, Bigfoot. I think it makes perfect what sense else? to me. What I else think, could it be, Jesse? I think Bigfoot would wear a mask. I think Bigfoot you know what too. I mean? Bigfoot would also to? get a vaccine. 
Big yeah, Boy like, yes, I will take that vaccine. <laughs> I'm no dummy. I may live in forest, but I'm not an idiot. We all live <laughs> on this planet together. Yeah. <laughs> Even the monkey men. <laughs> we must all live. Wait, what? <laughs> Bigfoots can't get COVID? <laughs> oh, peace well, out, losers. Bye. <laughs> I'm Back going to, to learn the- how to use a skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> what is this pizza you talk of? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's all I got. <laughs> I have a really short one that I just want to throw out there as some good vibes. I'm going to put this out in the universe. We like good vibes. Earlier this week, a Missouri woman won $1 million in a scratcher lotto ticket. Hell yeah. Angela Caravella, 51, of Kansas City, told Florida lottery officials she was on her way home, but her flight got canceled. She had a feeling it was going to be that kind of day, and she decided to do some unexpected things on an unexpected day. So she bought the first ever lotto ticket she's ever bought just to pass the time. Boom. Wins a million dollars. She decided to take the lump sum, $790,000 is what she walked away with. And I bring this up because I see a lot of people, especially in videos these days, like airports going absolutely nuts. If a flight is canceled or a flight is delayed and people get upset about all sorts of things. And all I'm saying is rather than lose your shit over uncontrollable things that you have no effect of and like you can't control in your life. Maybe take a playbook from Angela and just like, it's going to be one of them days. So I might as well do something as equally unexpected. And yeah, who knows? Maybe it could turn win out to a be a mil. good thing. Yeah. Roll just up the punches you had a shitty and you day, win a million bucks. Yeah. Just because you had a crappy day doesn't mean that that is the story of the day. You can always change it around. So putting What's that out in the world. Like? Is your flight luck good, Jesse? Like, do you, do you, do you have flights that get fucked up often? Because I know I usually have very good flight luck, but I know people who just have terrible flight luck and i can see people like that getting angry i here's the thing is it depends first off on what carrier you take it depends on Mm -hmm. what kind of service you use like i refuse and this is i will gladly pay more money not to be on like a spirit or a southwest (laughs) like i've been on those and they suck like the difference is it's being it's like being on a public bus just crammed in and you're treated like crap. And I can understand why you get upset about that, but also there's only so many things in your life you can control. And so you might as well control what you can control. And if you know you're going to get in there, bring headphones, put on like some calm music and like go to sleep on that flight or whatever. Cause it's going to, it's going to suck. It's not, not going to suck. So if you know you bought the ticket for something that's going to suck, you might as well accept how sucky it's going to be and not try to be like, I'm so angry all the time. There's nothing that's going to change. All you're going to do is make it awful for you because they're going to drag your ass off the flight. So it's true. Yeah. And take it from somebody who has flown coach literally everywhere across the ocean, everywhere that you can fly coach. I've done it. You know, I think the more you travel, you the more you realize because, you know, other than the last two years, which have been zero travel, right? Right. Like every year I'm usually on like, 20 to 30 flights a year, something like that. Right. And uh, I would say the, the large majority of them go off without a hitch. Uh, but they all suck anyway. Like any, all, all flights are like worse than they were 10 years ago. Uh, but, uh, you know, the bad luck, you just gotta, you gotta be a good person about it. It's no, there's no justification for having a meltdown against some stranger who's just trying to get to the end of their shift. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
in in an airport in some yeah, state out of nowhere. They're just doing their job. Yeah. It's like when people exactly. go nuts at like the McDonald's. The, the, that McDonald's employee is literally being paid way less than they should be, and they're just trying to get through their day. And you being like, "My McFlurry doesn't have enough Oreos." Like that is unfortunately not. Like that's not the solution. Like that's just. <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to be sympathetic to people in the world because, you know, it's not everyone yeah. wants the job they have. And yeah, I love that the, you know, I good work ethic and whatnot, but like everyone has bad days and some days you're not going to get as much Oreo as you want is all I'm going to say. That's the, that's the key to life. Some days it's you true. aren't going to get as much Oreo as you want life. <laughs> Ding. A yep. Jesse Cox statement. <laughs> Jesse Cox statement. Put it in the book. Add it to <laughs> my book by the people who are paying Chisel for Jesse Cox for Princeton. Yeah, Jesse Cox twenty twenty four. Okay, what? No. <laughs> so for this double set of uh, minis this week, I got two reader stories, uh, but I got a different reader story than last time when we lost the episode, so that it's still a surprise for you guys. Uh, so this one's from Not a Chill Time, and it's called "I've Got the Black Shuck Blues." Hey, everyone, I decided to make, a re- to make a Reddit account specifically to tell you all this story. Let me know if I'm doing it right. I'm not a writer, so if I tangent or write run-on sentences, I am sorry. Perfect. So my story only happened a couple weeks ago during the recent heat wave in the UK. I just finished working. I work as a supply slash substitute teacher, and I planned out a walking holiday around Norfolk and Cambridgeshire in the UK. Now, for all you skeptics sake, I will admit to the following facts before I tell you my story. First of all, I was aware of the legend of the Black Shuck before this walking holiday. Secondly, I'd been binging this podcast fairly consistently for the past few weeks, so wild shit was definitely on the brain. So it was a hot week, and carrying a lot of hiking and wild camping stuff meant that I was probably at least mildly dehydrated most of the time, but I was never gone enough that I felt ill, nor did I suffer from heat stroke. I'm pasty and fair, so I get that I suffer in the heat more than most, but nonetheless, I feel like I had a good hold on all my faculties during my experiences. Whilst nothing odd happened on my first day of walking, the second day was when things kicked off. It was about midday, so I was definitely feeling the heat, and I decided to take a small detour on my walking route to travel alongside the River Waveney near the town of Bungay. Boy, I hope this this is like hard mode pronouncing British towns. So I hope I got this right. Nailed. It wasn't as sheltered as I hoped it would be. So eventually, so I eventually stopped, put down my rucksack, and went for a paddle in the shallows on the riverbank. It was whilst I was splashing about that I noticed on the other side of the river, this big black dog. The UK doesn't have wolves, but IDK, how else to describe it, really? It was like an Alsatian, but completely black and just chilling, watching me on the other side. I assumed at first it was someone's dog off the lead, but looking up and down the river, at least from what I could see, there wasn't anyone else about. I was sitting stock still, just looking. It it was sitting stock still, just looking right at me. I kind of gave it a half-hearted wave, but it didn't react. I got that weird vibe you get when someone's watching you and suddenly felt pretty self-conscious, so I climbed back onto the bank, put my shoes and and pack back on, and set off walking. The entire time, the dog didn't move or react. I'd like to say something dramatic like, I looked over my shoulder as I walked on and it was gone, but nah, I started walking, I pretty much forgot about it straight away. It was literally about five hours or so later when I swear I saw it again. This time may have been just my imagination. I'd set up camp for the evening in the corner of a field underneath a tree and was just settling in for the evening when I could have sworn I saw a black shape of an animal jump the fence at the opposite end of the field I was in. 
Now I was on high alert, mainly because I thought it might be Farmer uh, and his dog coming to tell me to get out of their field. Uh, but the watched and but they watched and waited. The more I began to wonder, the more I watched and waited, the more I began to wonder if it was something else. The field was full of wheat and some hoppy stuff. I don't claim to be an expert, but it was about waist high. And if there was something in the field with me, you best believe I wouldn't have known until it broke into the grassy patch I was camped on. It was a little disconcerting, but the night was uneventful. And if there was something lurking in the field, it didn't bother me at all. The next day was pretty rough. It was about 30 degrees Celsius, if my phone was to be believed. And I didn't make good progress. That's pretty hot, by the way. I didn't specifically see anything, but admittedly, I was pretty head down. Keep walking the whole day. I want to iterate again that I'm not an inexperienced walker and I wasn't like wildly dehydrated or hallucinating or anything, but I kept getting that weird feeling like I was being followed. I'd stop to have a drink and the hairs in the back of my neck would stand up or I'd randomly get goosebumps despite it being hot. Now, being a woman and traveling solo, there's always a certain fear of, well, being followed. So perhaps it could be attributed to paranoia. Honestly, I'm not sure what's scarier to me, being followed by a ghost dog or being followed by a human. And I didn't really shake the feeling, so maybe I was setting myself up to get spooked. But when I came to set up camp for the night in Dunwich Forest, I felt pretty highly strung. Not the vibe I was hoping for for my holiday. So I woke up around 1 a.m. in pitch black and I felt very alert. Normally wouldn't be an issue. I'm in a woods. I'm wild camping. Stuff wakes you up. What felt different this time was that same feeling like I was being watched. It's the one shitty thing about tents. When you're inside one, you're blind to anything going on outside, but they also offer like no feeling of safety. They're fabric after all. So I lay there for every 10 minutes, straining my ears to hear something. I couldn't make my mind up if I wanted to get out of the tent and look around or stay in the tent and live that ignorance is bliss life. That choice was taken away from me, however, because, well, the need to pee came on. Don't know if it was my nerves or the real reason my body woke up, but it came on strong. So phone with torch on, I climbed out of my tent and shone it around the woods as I walked a little ways from my camp to do the business. The phone torch only lit the immediate area around me and there was plenty of pitch black very close by as I popped a squat. And that's when everything got all fucked. As I scanned the area around me, I spotted eye shine in the gloom. Just a single pinpoint of reflective light, but I spanned my phone's torch in that direction. There was the same shaggy black dog on its haunches, literally right at the edge of my phone's torchlight. Now, as I've said, I've listened to your podcast a fair bit recently, and I'd like to think my description so far has shown that I look at everything fairly skeptically, but this shits, this shits me up to think about still. This shits me up to think about still. What? A, what? A, that's a great saying. <laughs> I like it. It wasn't particularly big or otherworldly in appearance, but it had such a feeling of wrongness to it that I can't adequately describe. Sounds like a not deer, right? Yeah, it does. Now, Jesse says the thing that exasperates him regularly on the show is when people have phones, <laughs> but don't take photos. And up until this point, I totally agreed with him. But I got to say, taking a photo was the last thing on my mind at that moment. I don't think I've ever genuinely felt that afraid in my entire life and all higher brain process beyond pull up your pants and get ready to run were way beyond me at that point. The dog opened its mouth and like started to make this weird barking laugh. It sounded more like that when the animals seemed to Im imitate human voices than anything like I love you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that weird uncanny valley shit where you could mistake it for a person. If it wasn't for the fact that it sounded so wrong. 
Anyway, it's at that point that I just bounced. I was on my feet and running in into and through the forest, genuine blind panic running. Long story short, I got absolutely turned around and lost and didn't find my way back to camp until after the sun came up. And I understand that bolting was a stupid move. But again, I can't understand how blindly terrified I was. And when I did find my camp again, of course, there was no sign of a dog, no paw marks or anything, nor did I feel like I was being watched or followed or anything like that anymore. I packed up made a beeline for the nearest civilized area, and when I got to an area with a phone signal, I hysterically called my partner to come pick me up there and then, cutting my holiday short by half. Could have been a stray dog that attached itself to me, but we don't really have stray dogs that follow people in the UK. I gather this happens quite a lot in some national parks in the USA. <laughs> I don't... I've never seen a stray dog in a national park, but maybe I'm, I'm the rare one. Uh, it could have been an overactive imagination slash dehydration slash heat, sl- heat stroke hallucinations, but I drank regularly, was sensible, and never overexerted myself in the hot weather. I understand that camping out in the woods could be scary, but I've been wild camping since I was 16 and the woods have never bothered me. Now, this entire area I was holidaying in does have a legend of a cyclopean hellhound called the Black Shuck. Apparently, in the 16th century, it attacked a church and you can still find its claw marks in the church door at Blyberg. I know that story. The dog I saw in the woods only had one eye that reflected the light from my phone, but that could have just been a coincidence and maybe I only caught one eye in the shine and not the other. The black shuck is also supposed to be huge, though the dog I saw wasn't outlandishly large, just big. Could have been just a big dog that decided to follow me, but I can't get over that intense feeling of wrongness or that fucking wild laugh. Uh, And then this story can be, of course, shared on the podcast if you want to, but I'd be more than happy to just have a little chat about it with anyone. Fun podcast. Going to buy some merch. Going to go listen to the first track on the Darkness's (laughs) debut album, Permission to Land, and cry a bit. (laughs) What a way to end. What a story. I love that story. Isn't it great? That's a good one. That is very good. Yeah, I, uh, yeah that's a good stuff. wasn't even like, and then it said, hello. Like, it was just like it had a weird laugh and it like followed me and it could be anything. Great story. Huge. Fan. I like how willing to be completely wrong they were. Yeah, right. I love that. And I, I, I believe I believe that, that 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 even if it was just a weird dog or something that's uh, that would scare the shit out of me in the middle of the night. I woke up to pee. I go there and I see a big fucking black dog staring at me. I'd, I'd be I'd be pissing myself. Yeah, that while was a I good ran. one. Ooh, I'd be pissing good. myself while I was pissing. You get you know what I'm yeah, saying? Exactly. <laughs> well, thank okay. you guys so much for uh, supporting us over on Patreon. I hope you enjoyed this mini. We're going to bounce and we'll be back next week. Well, We'll be back very soon, rather, with a brand new mini. Thank you guys Thanks for, for the money, suckers. Why Ooh, you gotta, classic why you line be, brought back? Why gotta be like that? What do you mean? I love them. I love that they do this. They love. They want to get abused by me. They want to get sold to, and they want to get abused. I Bye. don't. Why? Who? What? It's fun. It's fun. We're. we're I'm, you know, it's a fun little thing we do here on the show. It's good. It's a good vibe. Thank <laughs> you for supporting us. Goodbye. <laughs> Welcome to Chill Harry Yeah, I don't know. Uh, this is actually at Minisode 59. I was off by one on the last one, so we're 59 now. So now, now we're, we're 10 59? Away from, now, now we're 10 we're, away? Now we're 10 away from 69. I was what? off by one. That's I fine. I get to feel the whole excitement thing a whole second time, so I'm Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's time. Uh,
I am excited for this one because, Jesse, I'm here to make you happy. I've got science what? for this little what? article. I've hey, got hey, science. Hey, hey. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is what science. I Light from behind a black hole, Jesse. Oh, Einstein's what does that theory. Mean? Einstein's theory of general relativity, general relativity has been proven accurate once again by the recent detection of light from behind a black hole. Researchers observing X-rays flaring from a supermassive black hole picked up a number of what they describe as luminous echoes that were smaller, arrived later, and had different colors than the flares from front uh, from the front of the black hole. Any light uh, quote any light that goes into the, that black hole doesn't come out, so we shouldn't be able to see anything that's behind the black hole," hmm. said Stanford University uh, research uh, scientist Dan Wilkins. The researchers concluded that the black hole's enormous gravitational field was warping space-time, as Einstein predicted, and allowing the luminous echoes to travel around the black hole. So, yeah, that's yeah, exciting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's so basically once again, like space seems to be this fabric of some sort that is being sure. changed and maneuvered. Uh, and scientists were able to once again confirm that Einstein was in fact correct again so if you see any movie like interstellar for example it has that black hole scene like any scene with like a black hole when you get to the edge it has that sort of like warped light effect uh yeah. you know just think about it it's not just 2d right warped correct. light isn't just it's like all a of plane. reality all, going yeah. in there that's yeah. neat that's super cool dude interstellar by the way if you're interested in black holes that is some interstellar specifically has some wild visuals that yeah. represent black holes in that movie that is crazy shit yeah, that movie is for it's weird. That movie is one of those ones where it's both. I love it and both like it's all right. I don't know how to describe it. Like I can watch that and be like, that was entertaining as hell, but also just be like, it's all right. It's because <laughs> so, it has like a like a non-science sort of like message at the end that kind of lands weird after being so sciencey. Right. Uh, I've never seen it. And most of the time when people talk about it, I hear like the story is almost like, eh, but the visuals are incredible. It's, very, it's, a, it's an awesome adventure, too. It's just like mm. a different movie, maybe than you're expecting. It's very gotcha. Nolan and that a lot of his movies, Fair. the story is like, eh, but what it is, the concept, because he's always like, I'm going to try and elevate. It. It's fascinating. Like and the well last told couple too. Yeah. yeah. The last yeah. couple of movies, it's like, what the hell? This was amazing. But also like. If you break down what the story was, you're like, eh, it's, all right, it's all right. I got, I still got to see uh, Tenet. Tenet, yeah, I want to yeah. see that so bad. Tenet is one of those movies where, when it ended, I literally spent an hour on YouTube being like, "Did I see what I just thought I saw?" It's like that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me and my mom like bonded as adults by getting super into uh, Memento when I was younger. Mm. Yeah, that's like how we like saw each other as equals for the first time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, boys, who's next? Uh, I, you know what? I'm gonna jump in here. Update. The mysterious Uh-oh. flying man is back at LAX. Jetpack guy? <laughs> He's back. The Federal Aviation Administration confirmed a pilot contacted air traffic control this past Wednesday reporting a possible sighting of a man wearing a jetpack. Dude. A Elon Boeing Musk 747 pilot reported seeing an object that might have resembled a jetpack 15 miles east of LAX at 5,000 feet. The Federal Aviation Administration. 5,000 feet, a mile in the sky? Yeah. Good Out of Lord. a bunch of caution, air traffic controllers alerted other pilots in the vicinity. Um, again, this is one of many sightings of this person. 
and it has been happening all through 2020 and is still continuing now in 2021. I thought we had an answer to this, didn't we? Well, the FAA, they said they have they, they saw no unusual objects on radar. Um, Mm. and of course, like I said, this follows similar sightings in 2020 and early 2021. There was a video potentially in December of 2020, but many people believe that isn't a man that it's a drone that is made to look like a man. Yeah, I can see that. But also we've seen photos and videos of that dude who flew around New York city. Yes. Yes. That is like. A real ass thing. Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he's going a fucking mile into the goddamn air, but like, you know, he maybe he could. I don't know. I don't know what the science is on that. Yeah. And so um, that's it's update. It's back. Whatever it is, he's back. If you see it, it would be windy as shit up there. You know what I mean? Like, it would be like. You'd be like up there, like trying to fly, and it would be like. I mean, you can't see me, but I'm I'm shaking back and forth. <laughs> I'm, yeah, you know, I getting, like you know, like when you go down a hill on like a skateboard or a bike, you get the speed wobble. There's so many things like to get. consider. Yeah, no. A, a great example is there was a story this past week about a guy who got into like a bubble craft and tried to run from Florida up the East Coast, right? <laughs> Except he ended up going south because again. Ties, currents, like like there's a million, there's a million things you have to think about, and the air is the exact same. And so a jet pack, plus you can be like upside down in the fucking air, which yeah, is like insane like, to me. There's Ugh. a million things that can go wrong, and a million things to count for. Flying is lots of math at the end of the day, and so it, it's interesting that this person hasn't like actually or drone actually caused a problem. So I don't yeah, know that is especially in like the LAX area where there's so much. Fucking yes, traffic. there's Holy so shit. much air. Tra- if you sit I fucking hate LAX so goddamn much. LAX, I, they're about to get a train, which I'm like so excited about. But we'll yeah. see. Good. They need that real but bad. If, if you go, I think there's some YouTube videos uh, where it's just like a, a camera sits there and they speed it up and it's all the planes landing at LAX. If you, I mean, I'm Alex and I are pretty close to it. At any given time, you look up and there's like like planes all over yeah. the sky. Oh, yeah. They fly right over my fucking head all the time. I can't. <laughs> it blows my mind that someone would be like, I would love to be up there in the middle of that. Right? Oh, God. Even if it's a jet Yeah, I don't know. Even Sucked if it's a drone a made to look like engine. a man, I imagine you put a lot of time and effort into that. And even that seems dangerous. Imagine you're at that In-N-Out burger, like eating your double-double at that like one where you can watch the planes take off and you see yes. some fucker get shredded by like, see a red like, mist. like a rabbit in a fucking F1 car, like just getting like that shredded into dust. That, that In-N-Out burger is on the corner. Of, I don't know if anyone has ever experienced this if you live in LA or have been to LA, but there's a stoplight right there. And that stoplight is directly under where the planes come in. And there are times where if you're there stuck at that light, the plane is, I don't even know, maybe 200 feet away. Like your car violently shakes as it flies overhead. It's crazy. Here's a traveler tip for people who are coming to L.A. and they think they want to eat at the uh, LAX at the airport. You don't. Just go. Okay. Within (laughs) 10 miles, there's like 15 in and out burgers. Just go to another one where there's not a fucking line and watch them. Yeah. I was going to say every time I drive by there, there's like. An 800 car line. I'm like, why are you here? There's no way that food is like banging compared to the other ones where they're not like working their ass off for like a big ass line all fucking day. 
Uh, yeah. By the way, speaking of LA, October. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. <laughs> who is coming to see us already. I'm super hyped for that. Uh, there's so many people, and uh, we still have some tickets left. We are below 50. We'd love to get rid of them. Below 50? Holy We'd shit. We'd love to get rid of them. Dude, this is going to be the biggest show I have ever done by a factor of four. Yeah, like, you'll least. be all right. You'll be all right. So, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm excited. This is going to be wild experience. This is going to be wild. Yeah, we'd love to see you all there, especially those of you who are on Patreon. Yes. Uh, we got to figure know. out something fun to do on uh, In Between Day. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, we should just like get into nonsense. You know, I, I have, a, I have an idea, but I, I have an idea, but we'll see if it's possible. I, I don't want to like make anybody. I'll sick. be there at the SGS show as well. So if you've got Ooh. tickets for SGS and you're not going to get to see me at Chiluminati, I'll be there. Too, yeah, that's, so a, make that's sure a solid Tuesday, Thursday, went a wombo combo is what it, it is. is. It is. Ooh, that's what it's called officially now in my mind. The wombo combo. Wombo like combo. It. Get some fries I, with that. I guarantee mm. I will guide you to it one at least one delicious place to eat. I'll put a little guide out or something so you guys can go to a bunch of places to get Maybe some a little good Patreon food. exclusive uh, L.A. dinner guide. Yeah, yeah LA exactly. Lunch guide. Yeah, exactly. L.A. lunch and dinner, breakfast, lunch and dinner by Alex. Ooh, yeah, I like it. Look at that. That's just, that's a reason to come to L.A. just by your by itself. He's not wrong. He's no, not LA's wrong. He's going to take food, you to dude. a place, especially if you're like from the Midwest and you're coming out here, you're going to be like, what the hell is it? <laughs> <Having> <laughs> lived in the Midwest and knowing what's available to eat versus what Alex will be like. This is good. Trust me. You're going to be like, what is this? It's going to be know These two foods it. can be put together. You're going to love it. I promise. Uh, this is a post by Triceratops Jr., <laughs> which is a great name that sounds I, like a rock band from the 90s that's what i was gonna say let me know if that's a reference to dinosaur jr because yeah. god bless you if it is uh this this story is called the jazz ghost which Ooh. is why i'm reading it uh, I, I don't know i haven't it's a complete blind read so here we go hi there i'm a longtime listener of the podcast and i've been meaning to send this story in for a while now so i hope you all enjoy to begin, this happened almost two years ago now. I was a freshman at Oregon State University, go Beavs, and I was very heavily involved with student media on campus. I was majoring in music production at the time, so I volunteered a lot running the audio board for our student TV station and DJing at our radio station. So to say the least, I'm very familiar with my way around an audio board. Okay, fair enough. You're hired. I, was, I, had, that, I had that life uh, when I was in college. Uh, I was in the radio TV film department. I know your vibes. Uh, when this event happened to me, I was doing my late night radio show on a Saturday night, although it was now Sunday morning at this point. But who cares? I've always done late night shows because thanks to FCC rules, you can only play music that swears after 10 p.m. and before 6 a.m. That is true. And, yeah. and as a busy college student, I was not in the mood to go through all my music to make sure it was clean. I wasn't even allowed to play my own music on the radio at school. I had to like play oh, off wow. their list. Uh, so there I was alone in the booth at about 1.30 a.m. All the lights on the floor were off. They are set to a timer, which turns them off at 11.45 p.m. I had just put on a live Counting Crows recording and was just sitting, enjoying the vibes, listening to the night time Yeah. <laughs> Accidentally in love. <laughs> we know all the bangers. Obviously. Just a little, little like anything related to Shrek. I know it really well. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> was just sitting and enjoying the vibes when all of a sudden jazz music starts blasting. And when I say blasting, I mean like unbearably loud. I quickly freaked the heck out because I was tired, alone, and not prepared to hear that at 1.30. <laughs> laughing all around, laughing all around. <laughs> uh, and when I, uh, I lost my place. Uh, 
I'd quickly jump to the audio board and turn down the channel my music was on all the way, but the music kept playing. I checked every other channel that the music could have come from to see if I had accidentally turned it on, but the sound was not coming from anywhere on the board. This was strange for a number of reasons, the most prominent being that music can only play through the speakers in the DJ booth if it goes through that audio board. I walked out of the booth and into the dark hallway, and lo and behold, the music was playing through every single speaker on the floor. To map this out, the floor is like a giant square. The DJ booth is in the bottom left corner. If you go up the hall and to the top side of the square, you have the bullpen where we do all our student newspaper and magazine stuff. Uh, Along the opposite side are all the administrative offices. And then in the middle of the square is our big TV studio. I went and checked every speaker and it was all the same jazz. Needless to say, I was scared. After about five minutes, the music stopped playing and all that was left on the floor was this eerie silence. I quickly ran back to the DJ booth, packed up my laptop, made sure that the automatic music rotator was playing and got the hell out of there. I actually work for the radio station there now, and I still do late night shows, but I have never had this happen again. One other DJ I talked to had a similar experience with loud music playing, but he couldn't remember the genre, so I have no way to confirm if it was the jazz ghost. At (laughs) least that's what I've come to call it. The rational person in me knows that it wasn't a ghost, but to this day, I have no rational way to explain how the music came through those speakers in the DJ booth. Every other speaker on the floor can be accessed in different ways, but those DJ speakers are special. That board is the only way to access them. So in my mind, it was either a ghost or some hacker who really likes jazz music. I'm not (laughs) sure which one I prefer, which is a line from the last story I read last week, too. I'd love to know what y'all think of this story and if you have any idea as to how this could happen. Like I said in the title, feel free to read this on the podcast and keep doing the great work that you do. I have no idea how that shit could happen because I never got involved in that kind of thing in the school there i mean it's potentially there there so there's a story i've always wanted to do but it does not justify a full episode and probably mm. not even like a mini episode but in chicago in the 1980s maybe it was the early 90s so during that time period i don't know if you either if you remember max headroom oh yeah, no. signal jack yeah. yes i do yeah, remember there's the, like a very I know famous signal, signal jack. jack and yeah it, it's not worth a whole episode really it's definitely but, worth worth like googling and watching on your yeah, own yeah but like mm-hmm. literally live tv was was hacked by a max headroom figure and like he do got his butt spanked on t- like you can signals can be hacked i don't i, I don't particularly know the how difference, the difference between this and that for me is that max headroom was like somebody at the station or somebody near the station hacked the outgoing sure. signal at the station to play something and so there was some way for that signal to broadcast to those people's homes. But the reason this is freaky is because this is, we're talking about audio systems that aren't connected Mm. that are all playing the same thing out of their speakers. The only way I could think that happening of that happening is a very powerful signal. That's like resonating through the speakers. Like, you know, the way that like when an alien like mothership takes over the planet and they turn everything into like people of earth. We have truly fucked you. Like (laughs) I I think like, I think that like, that's the only type of thing that it could be. I don't know. I, I, I I stand corrected. It's not Max Hedrum. It's more like the end of the most recent wonder woman movie. 
Oh my god! That oh is my like god. utter nonsense. Yeah. Is that yeah. where it's like I'll use the satellite to uh, broadcast, and it like shows up on PC monitors? You're like, wait, how? How is that possible? <laughs> like, how did oh. it connect? How did it connect to that? The PC yeah. doesn't have a satellite dish. <laughs> yeah, it's yes. like that though. Like I, mm-hmm. so yeah, that you know, honestly, that freaks me out. Like picturing that happening, it's a creepy scenario. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Just being alone at 1.30 in the morning, I'd be like, same yeah. thing. I'm out. Bye. Oh, I would have turned everything off. I'm like, no. So, yeah. So here's to you, Triceratops Jr. Look out for that jazzy ghost. Yeah. Maybe offer them uh, some jazz music next time. And maybe yeah. here's to you, patrons, for keeping us going. Thank yeah. you so much for listening. And uh, thanks so much for uh, allowing us to do some more minis. We'll be back next week with uh, mini episode 60. Ever, ever closer to Minnesota 69. I got to come up oh, with a good yeah. story for that. I got to have a good 69 oh, yeah. story. Oh, yeah. Oh, We're gonna have a, we should have a battle. We should have a battle for the 69th one. And whoever gets oh, the, sexiest. the sexiest one. Nice. The sexiest story. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> oh, Duff no. man is thrusting in the direction of the problem. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Can't breathe. Oh, no. All I'm right. going to say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
the fact that it's on 33 Rue de whatever in New Orleans Square down in the back. If you are the original entrance used to be right next to the entrance to the Blue Bayou restaurant, which is the restaurant that you can eat at inside of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. That's like the only place they serve alcohol to regular guests at Disneyland uh, now. But at the time, Club 33 was the only place they served alcohol in the whole Disneyland park at all. And you had to pay exorbitant membership fees. And there's a waiting list of years to like be an actual member. I said in the episode that I have been four times. It is not because I am a member of Club 33. It is because I am fortunately connected to people in my life who have memberships at Club 33 who have been able to bring me there in the past. Uh, so very, very you're high blowing, rollers. So you're not blowing Chaluminati money on Club 33 memberships. No, no. I bought, I mean, dinner was expensive. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, you, know, you dress up nice <laughs> yeah. to go. Uh, but it was cool. I went and, and one of the first time that I went, they give you the option to do this little like tour where they put you in the caboose of the train and it has like the smoking jacket that Walt Disney was given from Hirohito or something like that. Like some beautiful Wild. silk jacket just right there in the train car with you and you they give you like a sort of like, you know, deep, deep cut tour as sure, you go sure. around with like a personal tour guide. Really cool stuff. Uh, but there was one and now there are four uh, or more that are around the world now. So I'm going to give you like the original one. It's like a it's on uh, the 33 Orleans Street is what it is um, in Disneyland. It originally kind of had like a mid-century sort of like hunting lodge uh, theme. And that's how I saw it most of the times that I went there. Uh, but then, and you'd enter right off the street in the park. Now there's like a gated area that leads to this thing called the court of angels. That's like, a, <laughs> that's, that's such a like, wild name, but it was like in the Orleans in the new Orleans area. It's like a, like a, like a little inside sure. court of a building that was beautiful. Right. And so it made sense. It was called court of angels, but now you go in there and that's like the, club member only entrance way to the place. And it has a little bit more modern of a design, but everything's very intricate. There's like a very old timey elevator in there. Uh, some of the original old like animatronic birds and stuff that were made ever, uh, are in there. Um, and, uh, it's just a nice thing. And the service is amazing. And the food is like world-class. Here is the article that gives you a look at club 33 in Disneyland. This so is can, an article on insider. If anybody wants to try and Google it and I'll find give you it. The, yeah, I'll give you the links uh, on the subreddit if you bug me enough, but you can look and you can see all the little, like the look inside. There's kind of like a new modern look now. And there's these paintings on the wall. So when you look in the window, you see these images that are big and you can see the, what the booths look like and how the, 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 the bar, they have a bar that's exclusive to platinum members. It's like a jazz lounge. That has a very sort of magical look to it. It's kind of interesting. Uh, it has like a hand carved bar, hand carved wood bar. Some yeah, amazing looking at cocktails like the right now. You get like themed booths and stuff. It's a very like much classier experience than, than the, uh, than the rest of Disneyland. You can look, if you get down to the bottom, you can see the food on the plates. Uh, and uh, I mean, it's some pretty, mm -hmm. it's some next level gastronomy. You know what I mean? It's like some next level shit. Uh, but that's the, I mean, that's humans just like exclusive stuff, man. If you can make something like exclusive, people jump all over it. And this is like Disney just taking that and running with it. Yeah. If you got that millionaire, fuck you money, this is probably yep. a cool thing for you to do. Uh, but so that was the original. Uh, and then the next one, 
uh, was made at Tokyo Disneyland uh, a little bit later, I think in the 80s sometime. Uh, And I'm not sure why uh, Tokyo Disney was the first one to get one besides the main Disneyland. But I have a theory that it's because when they made the Tokyo Disney parks, Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea, they had subsidies from the Japanese government that let them just go 100% ham planet on budget and like scope of everything. Cause they wanted to have like the most beautiful Disney parks of all. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it makes sense that there's a club 33 at Tokyo at Tokyo Disneyland. And here it is for you guys to look at. Uh, It fits in with the slightly different vibe of Tokyo Disneyland. It has a little bit more conservative of a look, a little bit more classic of a look kind of looks like inside the queen Mary or the, Fucking like, you know, I don't know, like some haunted hotel, Twilight Zone hotel vibes it has a little bit more, you know, Tokyo Disneyland's a little bigger than uh, Disneyland one uh, because they weren't trying to fit it somewhere. They already had the reputation. So everything is a little bit more spacious, as you can see. And the 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 Tokyo one retains the kind of look and style of the original uh, California one rather than going with the big bright white sort of like uh, colonial style that the, that the, that the Anaheim one has very cool. Um, very cool stuff. Uh, and then there's also a club 33 at Shanghai Disneyland, which is a much more recent Disneyland, uh, very elaborate castle at Shanghai Disneyland <clears throat> and a very beautiful park, Shanghai Disneyland, very interesting park uh but uh you should check it out because this one is a very unique look i mean i don't know what you guys would say it really looks like uh but it's it's kind of like a little bit more old hollywood looking i guess i don't know how to describe it better like definitely the art is very chinese uh very like watercolory art like full wall size watercolor but the inside it's deco it's more deco art deco uh yeah and has like a, a good word for it it looks like bioshock it looks like uh rapture mm. the the one in the one in shanghai has that kind of vibe to it um you can see like beautiful paintings around the booths and like huge pieces of art uh and and you know it does kind of vaguely have like a Chinese sensibility to it uh, visually. It's kind of cool. Uh, the food looks off the chain in the Shanghai one. I don't know if you have gotten to the food. But, yeah, I'm looking mm, at the food right now. That grapefruit sorbet. Mm, yeah, that looks fucking looks so nuts. Good. The appetizer was grapefruit sorbet with green apple wasabi, granite, and dill oil at Disneyland. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's uh, and then. And then the last one that that I have an in-depth knowledge on is one that uh, is all, is very close to Club 33. It's actually just across the way uh, in uh, California Adventure. Right when you walk in, there is a restaurant called the Carthay Circle Restaurant, which is like a theater. It looks, it looks like a movie theater right when you walk in, in the 1930s L.A. portion of California Adventure. And that's just a fancy restaurant for normal guests. But beneath it, is a place called the 1901 Lounge, which is also a exclusive uh, secret club uh, at Disney. Uh, and it is only for Ooh. platinum members of Club 33. So this is a secret. This is a Club 33 within Club 33. <laughs> this is Platinum Club 33 is for members willing to increase their annual dues to $10,000. And if you were not already a Club 33 member, you also have to pay a $25,000 initiation <sighs> fee. Oh, good Lord. Arguably the most expensive venue 
at Disneyland, if you think about it. Uh, That's nuts. Yeah. I mean, 35,000 just for your first visit. Yeah, it's a it's it's a pretty big room for how for being a two room club, but it is a much smaller, like less people can get in there. Uh, they can seat parties of six. This one looks old timey. This one looks like a farmhouse, like an American yeah. farmhouse in Kansas or something. This one has like wallpaper and wood furniture and stuff like that and has a uh, nice bar is really the big thing. It's like a lounge. Santa Monica deviled eggs with smoked salmon looks delicious. Uh, roast Moroccan lamb meatballs looks delicious. This big, beautiful table. This one, if the last one looked like, like uh, rapture, this one looks like, uh, the other Bioshock. What's it called? Infinite. Uh, yeah. The, the, what's the name of it? Columbia. It looks Columbia? like, Columbia. Yeah, like Columbia, Columbia. Yeah. It looks like Columbia. The, uh, the city of Columbia from Bioshock, not the country of Columbia from South America. Uh, yeah, that's the 1901 Lounge, and those are the ones that I really know a lot about, and it's just weird to think about that even at a place like Disneyland, I mean, if you carry on what I was talking about in the last episode about Disneyland being like a good metaphor for America in a lot of ways, the idea that the rich can move beyond behind the scenes in their own secret yeah. areas, buying access and using it for power and influence over regular people like me who have just licked the boots of greatness once or twice in my <laughs> life, you know what I mean? Like... The times that I went to Club 33 are like memorable moments in my life. Not like every time I go to Disneyland, that's how I have lunch. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Right. Exactly. For somebody who is a member, you got to imagine that it's a much wilder and luxurious experience than just getting to go I'm going to save all of our Chiluminati money so we can just have a one Club 33 experience as a as a threesome and then quit the show. I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. I'll look into it. I'll make make a couple phone calls. Uh, Well. But uh, I also just want to point out that they've recently opened four more Club 33 locations at the Disney World parks. These oh, ones, wow. yeah, these ones I don't have full article for full articles for. There's there, there's one big article that I can link uh, in the Reddit if you guys want to see. But just so you know, there is the Constellation Club in Epcot within the American Adventure Pavilion. That one's like very much in the tradition of a corporate club inside of a world's fair exhibit. Cause that's basically what the Epcot is anyways. It's just big ass world's fair uh, spotlight lounge at the Hollywood studios is above the recreation of Hollywood's Brown Derby restaurant that they have there. Uh, there's the captain's quarters, which is like a piratey one uh, or not a piratey one. It's a jungle cruise themed one inside magic oh. kingdom at Walt Disney world next to the adventure lab uh, adventure land entrance near the hub of the park. And then the weirdest one is in Africa in the Animal Kingdom Park in Florida, and it is called the Harambe House. It just opened last year. So amazing. Pretty crazy. I don't know why it's called the Harambe House. I don't know what the word Harambe actually means outside of the context of that poor gorilla who got shot. That's all I can think of. Uh, I hope they named it after the gorilla. Yeah. uh, But those are the secret clubs (laughs) within Disneyland. I feel like there's probably some sort of like architectural or design element secret codes and stuff that you could like break down if you wanted to watch some sort of theory video about this stuff. But just the idea that there's all these secret clubs at the Disney parks, that's such a baller part of the legend. So yeah, I just wanted really to cool. sh- it's not it's like not surprising, but it's equally interesting anyway. Like, yeah. it's just it's really cool. Rich people are doing their yeah, rich, rich people things behind the scenes. Exactly. Like the high stakes poker room inside a shitty bar in Chicago or something. <laughs> I mean, isn't that weird? It is. It is very weird. All right, I'm going to do mine real quick before we move to Jesse's because mine's not going to carry too much time here. But uh, I, I originally was going to cover the ninth Nessie sighting of 2021 so far. But because we did ghosts, that. I'm changing it yeah. because a Colombian mayor 
shared a video of a ghost attacking a security guard. Yo, I'm here for this. Finally, hey, dude, is this the dude who got off? Is this the dude that got like he's got pulled around stuff? I'm, I'm going to link. I think. Yeah, I'm going to link you. This should have the timestamp. So when you can like the attack starts, there's your link in Zoom, boys. And I'll read this. I think I saw this on Nukes Top 5 recently. Uh, yeah, it's only from a few days ago, about four or five days ago. The mayor of a city in oh. Colombia left. <laughs> the dude. mayor of a city in Colombia left his con- constituents scratching their heads when he shared a video of what he claims is a ghost attacking a security guard. The peculiar footage, which was reportedly captured by a security camera in a government office building, was posted to Facebook on Tuesday evening by Jose Manuel Rios Morales, who presides over the community of Armenia. In the odd video, a guard can be seen walking down a hallway before seemingly being violently thrown into a wall by an unseen force. The startled man falls to the floor and then slowly crawls away from the point of impact until two of his co-workers quickly arrive on the scene. In the surprising Facebook post, Morales wrote... I want to share this video with you today, stressing that as a, as mayor, I have the con- the conviction that faith has unbeatable power. He goes on to assure residents that upon learning of the eerie incident, he enlisted a bishop and other religious figures in the city to bless every cor- corner of his workspace and asked his social media followers to join in a prayer to help ward off whatever sinister spirit struck the security guard. That's a wild uh, says, spin. Alas- <laughs> Okay, at the very end, alas, it would seem that his constituents were not as concerned about the potential ghost haunting the building has uh, as he might have imagined, as many of the comments dismissed the entire affair as foolish and a waste of government resources. I mean, they are correct. It looks uh, pretty good, though. <laughs> Once you're done uh, being impressed by this dude flinging against the wall, go back <laughs> and realize that it's just him stumbling and tripping and watch the timestamp at the top. From the moment he, as he's walking, it's taking out second, second. The moment he trips and falls into it uh, or stumbles into it, the time of the seconds speed up three seconds in a row or faster than all the other seconds. Yeah, it goes ding, ding. Yep, yep I can they see it right the around the, literally at 15 seconds. It goes ding, ding. It yep. goes really, really quick. It's sped up footage. Yeah, he, he does move really fast once he starts to trip. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost, yeah, it's almost like they were like, or he like stumbled whatever the case may be you know ghosts are known to mess with with time and space time and space don't do this <laughs> no don't do this well our other story is just somebody saw nessie but there's no pictures and no video and they just gave a really detailed description it's the ninth one uh this year so we're That's seeing so nessie like a few times a culturally month. scottish just being like, I didn't take <laughs> yeah. a picture, but All right, Jesse, here's a beautiful I'm the version. Baton. I, I, <laughs> I took the baton quickly and handed it right off. All right. Here's here's the real story. May. Well, actually, this is March 2020, but the article's okay. from May. Disney World's been closed since the middle of March, but that didn't stop a man from camping on an abandoned island in the park. A 42-year-old Alabama man was arrested Thursday at Disney World's Discovery Island, telling deputies he was unaware he was trespassing. He called the island a tropical paradise, according to the Orange County Sheriff's Office. Deputies noted there were numerous no trespassing signs. Authorities charged him with one count of trespassing misdemeanor. He also was banned from all Disney properties. According to the arrest report, the man stated he had made entry onto the island going camping on Monday or Tuesday and had planned on staying on the island for approximately one week. 
Disney security first spotted the man on the island, which has been closed to the public since 1999. Deputies, the Orange County Sheriff's Office, uh, searched for him with helicopters, boats, and on foot. The man told deputies he didn't hear them calling to him out the head, uh, the <laughs> loudspeaker, because he was asleep inside one of the buildings on the island. Discovery Island was originally called Treasure Island and is located in Bay Lake in Disney World. The 11 acre island opened in 1974 and became a zoo featuring 130 specimens of animals. Most are birds, but the park also has Galapagos tortoises and ring tailed lemurs. The 1999 uh, Orlando Sentinel reported as the park was uh, preparing to close. The island has sat abandoned for nearly two decades. Since then, various explorers have made unauthorized trips to see decaying and to overgrown buildings and post their videos and photos online. So, like, people be sneaking into Disney properties all the time. That is dead-ass Jurassic Park, The Lost World. Like, straight up. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Honestly, you know what? If If I was a man who just ran out of shits to give, I could see myself trying to camp out at Disney for a week and just be in their abandoned parts and just be like, sounds like a cool time if I don't get caught. I think the reason why I remember this story is because the guy who was there, it was like in the middle of the pandemic and the dude was like, look, I got nowhere to go. No one's here. No one lives here. And I remember at the time being like, yeah, just let him camp there. <laughs> That's our, the, like, ap- our, our apocalypse laissez-faire. Yeah, I was like, like we're just, just let like, the man, who, just, yeah. just get him. He's not going to blow up anything. Just let him, <laughs> let him get his, trop- let him have his weird tropical paradise. Yeah, if you want to ban him, ban him, but let him hang out for the It's very week. clear and he was going him. to like live there because he got nowhere else to go. And frankly, it's not being used for anything. It's got a bunch of buildings. Like, come on, Disney. It's a pandemic. Right. Come let on. him, let him stay there. That guy would have been fine. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I guess that's the, the fecal matter is probably difficult to deal with afterward. No, it's, but, uh, island. Nobody cares. it's 11 acres. That's yeah, true. That's predators. true. That's <laughs> true. I, I, you know, I'm with you. I'd, I'd probably try it. That'd be, that sounds like it would be a really fun little adventure to give yourself. That's what I'm saying. It'd be, a week, to do, it'd be a week to do it. If you do it at Anaheim, you just end up in like a bad motel. So you can't really like approach Disneyland from the outside and camp on its edges. Yeah, no, that's not going to work out too well for you out there. It, it, well, thank you guys. He got twelve what, what, months Disney? in jail, by the way. Just pointing that's that out. Ridiculous. Twelve months. Come on, dude. Free this really? man. Free this man. Let him out. Twelve months. What are we doing over there, Florida? That's such let a him waste out. of our taxpayer dollars. And like, just let the man out. Take him home. Do like where you get somebody smoking power. You just throw it on the ground and get out of there. <laughs> That's yeah, that's too much. Goddamn, dude. A year in jail for sleeping in a Disney park. That's crazy. Oh, from adventure to nightmare all in the course of a night. Insane. You know, they're probably just worried about their ass. Like if he got eaten People by a fucking heads. alligator like that kid did. Oh, God. Wild. Whoa. Well, well, just an update. Uh, you can't leave yet. Oh, wow. OK, there is a there is a YouTube video. I don't know if this is the same guy or someone else. There's a YouTube video called escape from discovery island the actual footage and it's someone witnessed the man arrested while escaping discovery island the southern pirate gets away with the actual footage of his escape is, is oh this must be another person yo man people people be out on adventure island fucking all the time and he best part alex he called it in the video the real jurassic park <laughs> dude no joke 
It fucking is the real Jurassic Park. You kidding me? Look at that shit. That is wow. dope. Hey, I'm looking at it right now. Wild. Go check this footage out. August 30th, 2020. Cool. Well, on that note, uh, we're going to leave and we'll be back next week with another brand new mini for all y'all. Thank you guys so much for the support over on Patreon. And hopefully we'll see some of you guys over at the live show in a couple of months. But until then, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Hello, my little Chiluminots. And welcome back. The Chill Mini 61. We're at 61 today. Yeah, 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 Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Fresh off of Atlantis's coastline, sailing into our very own golden age. Resurfacing from the ocean with a big gulp of fresh air and fresh, creepy Uh, stories. So I don't know what you boys boys brought, but I'm going to open up. I got nothing weird. No, no Bigfoot watch. Just a unique thing that was kind of discovered. That's a little grim, but it's just an interesting nature thing. Okay. Uh, very recently, as in this is uh, from <clears throat> a couple a couple days ago, archaeologists in northwestern Saudi Arabia have unearthed a massive collection of bones, likely stockpiled by striped hyenas over the past seven thousand years. Whoa. Yeah, 7,000 years worth of bones found in the um Jirsin lava tube system, a sprawling network of tunnels formed by volcanic activity. The hundreds of thousands of bones belong to at least 14 kinds of animals, including cattle, caprids, horses, camels, rodents, and humans. The researchers' findings are newly published in the journal Archaeological and Anthropological Sciences. Basically, what they found is that the hyenas have basically taken all these human bones and they're not sure, like, I'm, I'm not sure if they know why hyenas collect bones, but the hyenas have a strong enough bite to crack bone and get to the marrow on the inside. So it's possible that the stockpile of bones over the many years were a meal or a secondary meal or maybe even emergency meal for these things. Um, but researchers have been investigating the site, which is located in the country's Harat Kiarbar lava tube field since 2007, but they only ventured into the cavern's depths a few months ago because they thought they heard possible hyena snarls coming from deeper within the tubes. <laughs> For the study, the team analyzed 1,917 bones and teeth recovered from the lava tube system. Radiocarbon dating of a small number of these samples found that they range in age from around 439 to 6,839 years old, suggesting a long use of the lava tube system by car- carnivores. So, yeah, just a, a new, kind of a unique piece of history where all these bones over the course of history kind of just been grabbed by hyenas and the pictures that you can see on Twitter. Um, if you want them, I can I can link you right now. Uh, but these pictures are just like it looks like something out of a movie. Genuinely, I'm going to link you in uh, zoom here. OK. Where did it go? Oh, there it is. OK, here we go. Whoa. This is Deadass the Lion King right here. Right? It looks literally like right out of a movie. This is where so- they shot the Scar musical number where yes. he's like, I'm <laughs> the best. <laughs> they found a total so far of six skull caps as well in there. So, and then the, the, the archaeologists say usually when human, when it comes to the skull, only the skull cap tends to survive, but all the skull caps had gnaw marks on them. So oh. they were being chewed on and stuff. Yeah. This kind of creepy, just real life creepiness. No, no supernatural for me. Just a really fascinating historical find uh, that I that I kind of came across. I was as I was deep into archaeological, uh, the, the archaeological side of the Internet for a week or two. Hmm. That's it for me. So whoever wants to go next, feel free. Fascinating. 
Is yeah. it cool? Uh, I got a little. I got a little something, something for y'all. Uh, there is. I, I got this from Lad Bible. Lad Bible. I love the Lad Bible. The Lad Bible. Uh, this is about a guy uh, in last September named Greg Euling, who took his daughters and two of his uncles to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, in September of last year. Uh, like I was talking about this recently, where I don't know if they did exactly what I did, where they took the park ranger with them. I think it was just his family in the car at the time. He's just a store manager guy from New Jersey. He drove down to Pennsylvania. I was driving along the road at night and he spotted something moving in the darkness. Uh, he said that one of his uncles was so spooked. He rolled up the car window. Uh, like he was just so he like like what I mean is he believed that it was happening so much that he decided to roll up the car window. There's a quote here that's we just went there as tourists to learn more about the history of the Civil War and see the old battleground where the Gettysburg Address was given and all that stuff. We were driving along one night. We started hearing noises. I heard things to the left. And my uncle heard things to the right. And there was a fog, but the fog was weird. It was only in one patch, not dispersed. Then we saw these shapes moving in the darkness. They were the size of humans. One of them ran right through the cannon. It was weird. It was scary. It was crazy. My uncle got so scared. He rolled up the window. We went back and watched the videos over and over again. And we blew them up on the big screen to get a closer look. That made us even more freaked out. It was really exciting. But I also got this strange, ominous feeling like something was telling me to go back there. I couldn't go to sleep, but I was creeped out. So I didn't go. The Battle of Gettysburg obviously was fought between the Union and Confederate forces during the American Civil War uh, in 1863. If you didn't know, uh, it was it lasted only three days uh, and 50,000 people were killed and 5,000 horses. Oof. So obviously it's a it's a sort of like traditionally active area for hauntings just because there's so many people who died in these fields. And a lot of them were not disposed of properly, especially the Confederate soldiers were not properly buried uh you know all the time and so there's a lot of stuff about that but i did not leave you guys high and dry for there is a video clip uh of this ghost and actually i gotta say it's some pretty good footage uh it's right here at the top you can see it uh, of the lad bible yep here's the video bible lad bible you might have to watch a little i gotta uh, go through an ad here he might need to watch an ad for thumbtack which you know whatever i got mine for loctite oh then maybe it's maybe it's staples oh look at that Going right, back I'm to watching. school sale. They know. I like that. We're all Running just doing a little road. brand deal here for uh, all the different brands that are appearing on our uh, little player. <laughs> but honestly, this is a good clip. I got to say, like, you'll see it and you're going to be like, whoa, whoa. Because at first you think it's like water or oh. something. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. You think Could've it's going to be water on the glass or something. But then you see it go like, Pew! and it like shoots right through the damn thing. It, it, I, it's in. Uh, I'm trying to see. It's hard, man. It's hard to tell if it's like part of the glass, part of the camera. Do you see it where it goes right through the where it right goes right through the cannon? Hang on. I'm watching some more here. It's like around 18 seconds that it really gets heavy. Yeah. Yeah. OK, I'm going to watch again. Pretty good. Yeah. But the way it moves through the cannon. It's oh, there's one off to the, the distance too. There's one like behind, and there's one in front, which is why I think it's a good video, is because it's kind of like it has like a little bit of a 3D element to it. Like it looks like maybe it's a smear on the lens or something, but then you see that one is actually going behind objects in the video. Right. It's pretty cool. Here's the only thing I want to point out. Do me a favor. 
when you're yeah. going to like the 17 second mark sure. and it starts to come out, yeah. look below the moving ghost. There's like a weird black dot that seems to move in like with it. Yes. Like it goes like something small physical. Yes. And go back to the very start of the video. And there is also a artifacting going on there as well. It's clearly something in the windshield. The camera's picking up. You're totally right about this. That that black dot moves with the thing on the windshield. It looks like bird shit. Like there's the thing it's, on it's, the windshield. It's fascinating until I saw that black dot. Yeah. And I was like, wait, the, that's weird. The, it's like it's moving perfectly with it. God, maybe that's hmm. part of the. Uh, maybe it's the ghost shadow. That's what I'm saying. Maybe it's, you know, emitted from the ghost. Maybe it's, you know. Uh, an artifact burning into the footage you never know worth going for those who were interested in this thing it's worth at least checking out the footage to see what we're talking about lad here bible. it's just lad weird, bible it's a weird tourist films creepy human-sized apparitions at gettysburg site give it a look you be the judge let us know on reddit what you think I am not going to say what I think. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go there, man. I would love to ghost hunt Gettysburg. Dude, it's, it's a real, I mean, I've, I've been there only one time and I was, I wasn't a man, you know, I wasn't like sure. a grown man like I am today, but it, I remember even when I was there feeling kind of strange about the whole place. It's very Just, like weirdly solemn. Like you feel like you're on like hallowed ground in some way. We kind of are in a weird way because so many people lost their lives yeah, there. It's man. weird. It does have an energy. I'll say yeah, that. It totally like, I don't does. know that I think it's haunted, but like there is something about the place that it, it feels different. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. I, Definitely. I would love to go. Oh, that's, that's a cool video. Thank you, Alex. Yeah. Jesse, what have you brought to the table? Let's get scientific. Shall we? On this podcast? I know. So, as you all know, the differences Mm -hmm. between our DNA and the DNA of many other things are slim. Very slim. And so, once again, another study has come out about, you know, the differences between us and then ancient hominids and, uh, you know, all sorts of different things. And then all the other animals that exist in the world. And how truthfully... We are so much closer than, uh, you know, the difference between us and like a fish is not really that far off technically. Sure. So um, basically only 1.5% to 7% of our collective human genetic instruction book or genome contains uniquely human DNA. Researchers reported in science advances, the human's only DNA scattered throughout the genome tends to contain genes involved in brain development and function. So most of what we got going on really is just about our brain. Everything else is like even closer to to all those other animals and things around the world. Hinting that brain evolution is what was really important in making us us. It's why humans are what we are. But researchers don't yet know exactly what the genes do or how exclusively the human tweaks to the DNA near those genes might have affected brain evolution. So they know it's for the brain. They just don't know what it did to us in our brain. That's fascinating. Yeah. And, and so they said, like, you know, Nantals or Denisovans, right, are extinct human cousins, right? We have things similar to them, but obviously our brains the human sort of uh, path, the homo sapien path is like, it's why we were rocking tools instead of muscles like that kind of vibe. Right. And so we used our brains to come up with things. And they said 
you know, the results don't mean that individual people are mostly Neanderthal or, or Denisovan. Like some people have more or less because they said 1.5 to 7%. There's like a, you know, everyone they say has a different amount and different areas. So like the, what the parts of your DNA that make you a human can be different from the parts of my DNA that make me a human. Huh? So we are scientifically not the same, but we're close enough where it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. We're just like, yes. that's, that's cool as hell. And, yeah. <laughs> I and love so they're that. like, there's some people, you know, uh, I remember someone on Twitter took a DNA test and they got a thing back that said like, you are 1% Neanderthal. Right. And, well, yeah. and that's, you know, that's one of those things that you can have that there are people who uh, have, you know, 0.73 to 1.3% Neanderthal and and that's a thing that exists but at the same time you can still have all of that and it can replace parts of the human part of you but you can still everything else is still like that's what's so crazy there's like look you can have like if you took a couple hundred people they mostly won't have their bit of Neanderthal DNA in the same place same as the human bits won't be in the same place and then if you add up all the regions where people have the different things like people in Europe have different than people who are in Africa and people who are in like Asia. And, and there's sure. all these different pieces that as people spread out and people moved around the planet, little bits were sort of just lost. And then they kept other things for a million reasons. And then over time we lost things because of a million other different reasons, but they're like, you know, at the end of the day, we are essentially just even the things that make us human are different between each one of us. Exactly. And that's, that's, I love that. I love that. We're technically not the same species in a weird way. Yeah. No one, no one is technically the same. Like my that's DNA awesome. is so like drastically different from your DNA. And well, I'm Atlantean. So I mean, same here, but like as an Atlantean, look at yeah, us, we're you. totally different. I'm a very, Alex is probably a Lemurian. Yeah. I'm definitely not Atlantean. I don't have any of that blood in me. Yeah, you're a Lemurian man. It's all right. Oh, that's cool, though. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Jesse, for adding more facts into this podcast filled with them. Look at all us. we do is speak facts here at Chiluminati. That's all we do. Yeah, you don't even need to watch the news if you if you listen to Chiluminati, they say. <laughs> we got you covered. Everything you could possibly want. Thank you guys over Patreon. We couldn't do this without you guys. Seriously, um, though, watch the news and watch the good news. Go watch. Yeah, do your research <laughs> and, and <laughs> do your own, do some research as well and like educate yourself. We live in the information age. Use it. Um, we will be live and October 26th for all your patrons. Grab your tickets while you can. There's less than 50 left. You want to grab them while we've got some seats. Um, and there's going to be uh, some exclusive merch that you can purchase while we're, while you're there. So be excited for all kinds of cool stuff. And you heard it here first. Be, for you. be on the lookout for a fun Chiluminati related uh, internet activity coming along yes. quite soon as well. Mm, pretty exciting. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. We, yeah. You're the first ones to hear about it. Yeah. It's a cool thing we're working on, but uh, that's all we can really say at the moment. Yeah. So get ready. Until, till next week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening and goodbye. Anyway. Hi. Hi. Me and my wife were sitting outside indulging on our porch one night, enjoying ourselves. I needed to go to the bathroom. So I stepped back inside. And after a few moments, I hear my wife go, holy shit, get out here. So I quickly dash back outside, and she's looking up at the sky in awe. I look up too, and there's a perfect line of dozen lights traveling across the sky. <laughs> <laughs>